Well, I had, uh, I just welcome you this morning. I had an interesting morning because I was fully prepared to come in here and talk about 1 Peter 4 again because we still hadn't finished up that. And, uh, but as soon as I woke up this morning, the Lord started talking to me about the freedom of Christ. And I knew that's what he wanted ministering on. So these notes that I have now, I did not have when I woke up this morning, uh, but I have them now. And uh, I believe there's an on-time word that he wants you to hear today on this day that we celebrate our independence as a country. And uh, we are truly blessed. And I will tell you this. I don't, I, I know not everybody in here has had the opportunity to travel around the world and see different things, but I can tell you from experience, if you got to travel to some of the places outside of the U.S., you would not complain about our country. Let me say that again. <laughs> if you had the opportunity to travel outside of the United States of America, you would not complain in the least bit about our, about our country. There is truly, I mean, you hear it said, there's a reason why people are trying to get here. Because we are in a blessed country. And the reason we're blessed is because this nation was founded for God. This nation was founded for God, and we're going to talk about that just a little bit today. It's not a political message. It's a biblical message. It's a biblical. But when you go, I want you to know something. The poor that we have in our country are blessed compared to the normal in most countries. See, we're looking at it, and we're just looking at it from our perspective, but the poor that we have in our country are more blessed than people that are in normal in other countries. Normal, normal uh, wages in other countries. I'm telling you, we are a blessed country. Can we improve upon things? Yes, absolutely. But there is a freedom in Christ in this country. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. The freedom of Christ. Say that with me. Freedom of Christ. The freedom of Christ. The freedom of Christ. Amen. Amen. One of the things that's very interesting, like I said, it's not a political message, but you will see how it fits. One of the most interesting things that I've seen in the last few years is that I recognize that, you know, the wall in Germany fell in, what was it, 1991 that it fell? 1990, 1991. And uh, President Reagan told Gorbachev, tear that wall down. And I remember, you know, you go through, I was not born in the 60s, but you go through the 60s, you go through the 70s, the 80s, and uh, you, all you heard about was the great enemy of communism. I mean, we talked about that. We knew the, we knew the problems of it. We, we might not have understood it fully. I mean, I didn't understand it fully. Even while I was in high school, I didn't understand it fully. But one of the most interesting things that I heard was I had somebody who was fairly studious, a fairly studious person, actually come to me and tell me that when they started school, when they were in first grade around 1992, from 1992 on, they never remembered one teaching on communism. I didn't remember one. Not one. And I thought, what? What are you talking about? 
There was no extensive teaching about that. And now I'm not saying that it was like that in every school, but this person's memory. And then I, I took that information and I asked even an impact. I was, we were here and most of the people that were in that same did not remember any teaching on communism or socialism. None. And I went, what are you talking about? And, and here's why that's important. Because if that is a tool that the enemy of God uses across the world, then for sure we ought to know about it. We ought to be educated about the dangers of it. And so because the dangers of that's not taught, now when it's being brought back up, then you have uh, some of our youth that are like, oh, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard because when it's painted with a, with a particular kind of brush, it looks enticing. But the, the problem is, yeah, you have what, the, what they paint is that everybody's equal. But that's not true. That's not true at all. No, everybody that is beat down and under bondage is equal, but there are some fat cats at the top that are basically feeding off of everybody else. That's the whole goal, is that there's a power grab. And so that doesn't get talked about. No, they'll, they'll paint this picture of everybody being equal, and actually the very thing that they're coming against, the, the structure and the things that are in capitalism, they're actually doing to the extreme. They're taking the bad portions of it, and they're talking about that. We did a series uh, on, the, on the Lunch Plus broadcast. We did stinking thinking, and one of those stinking thinking was a socialism mentality. It was talking about that. If you didn't hear that and see that, God's not a socialist. God is not a socialist. Matter of fact, if you did need to de define him, he would be more capitalist than he was ever socialist. And then how do you know that? Well, you can look at multiple scriptures, and I went, I went over that. But there is a freedom in Christ. You remember where you have the parable of the talents. He says he gave to each one different talents, and then they either took that and did something with it or not, and they were rewarded for what they did. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yeah. God's not just doling out to everybody in the kingdom. Okay, well, everybody's blessed and everybody gets the same thing. You won't find that in here. You find, yeah, he said, you don't work, you don't eat, right? You find in here that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those that take his things and they produce. They produce fruitfulness. He is a rewarder of fruitfulness. Even in John 15, what does he say? He says, look, if you don't produce fruit, you'll be pruned. You'll be pruned, right? And so God is a rewarder of fruitfulness. It's time for the body of Christ to become fruitful. Amen? And how can we become the most fruitful and fulfill the things of God? We do that through the freedom that Christ gave us. We do it through the freedom that Christ gave us. Uh, wanna, let me just throw this in. If you didn't see, if we could uh, get that link uh, to that, that teaching, it was, uh, I think it was called trophy mentality. Like everybody plays on the team and everybody gets a trophy. Yep. <laughs> it's not God. It's not God. And if it's not God, it's not going to lead you to freedom. If it's not God, it's not going to lead you to freedom. It's, it's, 
planning in a people that everybody gets the same amount. No, it, and well, that's not politically correct. I couldn't give a rip about being politically correct. I don't care. I think actually that whole political correctness thing is one of the most evil things I've ever seen on the earth because it's subtly drawing people down to shut up. And now when they'll shut up about other things, they'll shut up about Christ. You understand? No, there's a freedom. There's a freedom to speak. There, you know, we should not see in a free country a company being able to shut down the voice of a sitting president. That is wrong. That's not freedom. That's a dictatorship. And, and that's taking away those freedoms. You take away those freedoms. I don't care if you like them or not. I don't agree that you should shut down the voice of President Biden right now. I don't think you ought to shut his voice down. He's got a right to speak. If he can, he's got a right to it. Bless him, Lord. Heal him. Heal him. Let him walk in your goodness. Let him walk in the wisdom of God. Bless him, Lord. Show him who's boss. Show him who's the king. Bless him. But you shouldn't have his voice shut down. That's totalitarianism. Yeah, that. You know what I mean. That's a, you don't want that. You want people to be able to speak. But you don't want one person or one group of people buying out every major media voice and shutting that down. This is supposed to be a free country, and you're going to see some reasons why God wants it that way. Like I said, it's not a political message. It's a spiritual message. And that's what the devil's coming against. That's what he's coming against. And it's time for us to understand there's more at play than just who won an election. There's eternity in the balance. There's people that are free or not. There's people that are being healed from fibromyalgia or not. There's people that are being healed from diabetes and pain or not. There's people that will go to heaven and be with God for eternity or not. Based off of our freedom, our freedom plays a role. The devil knows it more than the church has known it. And so he sought to erode those freedoms, get us to a place, and the church has, for the most part in America, laid down, laid down on it. We got to know what freedom is, where it comes from, and what its purpose is. And this is a country, the land of the free, the home of the brave. It's time for us to remember that again. It's time for us to remember that again. The land of the free, the home of the brave. Where are the brave today? Where are the free? Where are the brave? Where are the free? Where are the brave? Where are the free? Not just empowered by America, empowered by Christ, empowered by Jesus. Where is it? I find it funny. I'm hearing about this stuff on Facebook. You, we, we think that you might have been exposed to some extremists recently. I hadn't gotten that message yet. I'm, apparently, I might be one of them they, they are talking about. I'm fine with that. 
I always plan to be extreme for Jesus. I plan to be a fanatic for Jesus. What else is there? No passion whatsoever, no drive whatsoever. No, see, that's one of the things that freedom births inside of you. A freedom will birth a passion inside of you. Freedom will birth a bravery inside of you. Freedom will birth a voice to speak out. One of the greatest things that I love that I'm seeing right now, I, I hope I get his name right, uh, Sean Foyt, who's going around the country leading worship in all these cities, even in Charlotte, less than an hour from here. They threaten, listen to this, all of this junk going on, he's leading people to worship God completely peaceful. The police threatened to arrest him the moment that they started singing. He said, we singing. We're singing. See, there's a bravery when you're free, and that's what the devil wants shut down. When we Listen, this weekend is the Holy Ghost weekend. Holy Ghost weekend. This weekend, Friday night prayer, Saturday, soul winning Saturday. You know what the devil tries to shut down? He wants to shut down your voice to go and win souls. Oh, no. He doesn't want you being brave to go and win souls, so he shuts down the freedom. He tries to shut it down. Why? Because he doesn't want you telling people about Christ. He'll give you every reason not to be here on Saturday. Instead of making God's things a priority, it'll be every reason to not be here. The question is, are you going to act free? Are you going to live by the bondages of sin and the flesh? And it's the same thing. The devil wants to shut down a voice of freedom. Galatians 5.1. I was supposed to read this before I started preaching. Galatians 5. Look at this. It was for freedom. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. It was for freedom. There you go, it's on the, on the screen. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Can you see right now? Freedom is a Jesus thing. Say it with me. Say freedom, freedom. is a Jesus thing. Well, then, if it's a Jesus thing, who's going to come against freedom? The devil. The enemy of God's going to try. He's going to try. And on some levels, he's going to win as, as the church exits in the rapture. And then you have the man of lawlessness that comes up. Listen, guys, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. He could literally come before this service is over. Are you ready? Because if he comes and you're not ready, you ain't going to want to know what comes later. Those next seven years are not going to be fun. You don't, he's coming soon. You want to get ready. You want to get ready. You want to be ready. You want to know that he's my Savior and Lord. And I'm not playing games because you don't know when he's coming. You don't, you're not promised tomorrow. If you don't know him, you're not promised that. Jesus is coming soon. And the enemy is coming against your freedom. He's coming against that. The body of Christ is the pillar of truth in the earth. It's the salt. It's the light. It is the preserving factor. But soon and very soon, 
those freedoms will be taken away. As the body of Christ exits, immediately the God of this world, the devil, is going to launch in on all of the earth and there'll be no freedom left. It'll be run, a one world government. It won't control everything, but it's going to try. It's going to try and take over it all. That's coming soon. It's coming soon. You can't look at the morality in the world, not just America, but in the world, how fast it's dropped off and not see the sign of the times. Like it's happening soon. It's happening very soon. Literally could be any moment. Any moment. I need to cue up a lightning strike sound right there. Really. And everybody will be like looking around like, did I make it? Did I make it? Oh, everybody else is still here. Maybe, maybe that wasn't it. It could be any more. That's not something to fear. That's something to be excited about. Something to be excited about. Look at this again. Say it with me, these, this first phrase of this verse. Galatians 5.1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. It was for freedom. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Well, what does that tell us? Real quick, I've already said it. Is Christ for freedom? Is the devil for freedom? No. It's pretty plain and simple, isn't it? It was for freedom that Christ says free. So when you see an erosion of the freedoms on man, who's behind it? The devil is. But when you see freedom coming up, and we're going to look at why in just a second. But when you see freedom coming up, Jesus is behind it. True freedom now. Sometimes there's some things that are like, eh, that's not really freedom. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Now, he's talking about freedom from sin and freedom in the spirit. He's not just talking about a nation being free, but the whole principle of freedom is what he came for. The principle of freedom. Christ came to bring us freedom, to set us free from the bondage of sin, set us free from the bondage of death, set us free from the, from the bondage of diabetes, set us free from the bondage of fibromyalgia, set us free from the tyranny of fear over our mind, set us free, set us free. Let's look at John chapter 8 and verse 31. John chapter 8 and verse 31. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Now, I want you to notice something here. He says, if you continue in my word. Now, these are people that had believed on him. But he's telling them, you don't have to continue in my word. But if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples. So they were believers, but not necessarily disciples. You know, the church is filled with the same. The church in America is filled with the same. Believers, but not really disciples. Not doing things for God's reasons, doing it for their own. We've got to be, dis a disciple is disciplined after the things of God. We've got to be disciples. That means if you, what we do is we go in this word, we see what God is, 
and what he's up to, and then we continue in that. We continue in the Word. We let the Word be our standard. We let the Word be our law. We let the Word be the, be the director of our lives. And I want you to see this. What does that mean in terms of freedom? It means if I go into this Word and I find that Christ is for freedom and Christ is not for bondage, then I don't take the position of the news. I don't take the position of my high school history teacher. I take the position of Christ. If you continue in my Word, then you'll be disciples. But see, a lot of times what we do is we bring all of our thinking that the world has taught us into church and then we weigh what the preacher is saying based off of where we came from. That's the wrong approach. No, we come in and we say, what does the Word say? And whatever the Word says, this is truth. This is the thing that heals people. This is the thing that sets people free. This, is the, this Word of God is the thing that prophesied hundreds of prophecies and has never missed. Something's carrying a power and it ain't the history book that's been rewritten in the classroom. One thing's carrying power and another thing's not. Which one are you going to follow? One thing's carrying power, the thoughts of God. Another thing's not, the thoughts of the world. So we've got to decide, or am I going to be a disciple or not? But if we're a disciple, then we'll walk in freedom. Look at this. He says, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth... And the truth will make you free. I know some, you know, I, growing up in North Carolina, you, uh, you, you kind of grow up around some rednecks, you know. I know y'all don't know anything about that. I knew a few of them. Might have been one. I might have married one. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, and, and when I say that, that doesn't mean, you know, some people equate redneck to racist. I, I knew a bunch of rednecks that weren't racist. You know, a bunch of them, you know, just, you, you have people that fall into all kinds of categories. But uh, I don't know. It's something just about a, a redneck mentality. And, and everybody that's not from North Carolina or the South, I, they're going to get it. You're not. I'm sorry. But um, it, I'm, I'm preaching here this morning, not, not there. And... Um, Here's the thing that I found about rednecks. They don't like being told what to do. Like the worst thing you can ever tell them is, you can't do that. You know, because the next words that come out of their mouth is, hey, y'all watch this. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. See, see, I'm preaching here, not wherever you're at. You know, you can't do that. <laughs> watch this. Right? All right. But it's funny. I find it funny that the devil constantly is telling you what you can't do. And even, even people that pride themselves on that, they don't see the bullying of the devil. But see, when I see this, and I read this verse, and it says, if you will continue in my word, then you will truly be my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Then all of a sudden, I'm thinking, if the devil, and, and I kind of got some of this in me. Like, the devil comes and says... Oh, you can't do that. I'm like, hey, y'all, watch this. Let me get in here and find out what Jesus said I can do, and I'll show you what we're about to do, right? And it kind of bothers me and has bothered me 
that I've watched people that have that attitude with other people in the world, but they won't have that attitude with the devil. Something sometimes needs to stand up on the inside of us and say, I am going to walk in the ways of Christ and I will be free and you won't put your bondage and your yoke on me. And where's that at? No, and, and so it kind of goes like this. You know, when we first started uh, praying for people, not everybody got healed. Not everybody felt the power of God flowing in them. And uh, it, matter of fact, it was kind of rare that people got, got healed. But I thought about this verse. If I continue in his word, I'll be his disciple. And if I'm his disciple, then I'll know the truth, and the truth will set me free to let that anointing flow, set the person free to be healed. I just, okay, I don't give up because it didn't work yet. The devil's trying to tell me it's not working, it doesn't work, the power of God doesn't flow, but yet he's trying to put me in bondage and just act like a normal preacher. Oh, turn to your Bibles to John chapter 8, and, and I'll you know, give you some good words, but no power. Power. No freedom, right? I'm not a stand in the lectern type of preacher. If you don't, y'all don't even know what a lectern is. It, you do? Amen. A, a few of you. I'm not that guy, as you could kind of tell. The camera people definitely know. But the lectern's a little place where they got generally over on this side. It stands up above everybody, and they stand in that one, and they preach, and, oh, I can't even, I don't even want to. No. Jesus wasn't that kind of guy. John the Baptist wasn't that kind of guy. Peter wasn't that kind of guy. No, it's not a dead religion. I'm not saying that every word that is said there is dead. I'm talking about the attitude of it where it's just like, let's come in and everybody, you know, check the box. We went to church, but nothing happens. That's not freedom. That's not the power of God. The devil's trying to hold us back, to put us in bondage. I got something on the inside of me that says, if I don't see people get healed, if I don't see them get out of debt, if I don't see increase come to their life, if we don't see people saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, turned into disciples of Christ, if we don't see people's eternity change, what are we doing? I wanted to see it real. Where does that come from? Well, the devil comes and he says, well, just be now, now just be a good preacher. Just be a good preacher. Let them out by noon and, and give them some coffee and donuts and, and they'll feel good about themselves and a lot of people will come because they want their ears tickled. No, 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 that's not freedom. You've seen what that kind of quote-unquote freedom has led to. It's led to a dead, dry church that won't show up for the things of God for nothing. Led to people being undiscipled instead of disciples of Christ. No, we've got to get to the place where it starts flowing out of all of us. I was listening to a testimony yesterday. Guy's been saved for two and a half years. Two and a half years. Most every one of us been saved for longer than that, known Jesus for long. Guy's been saved for two and a half years. Guy was, was a gangbanger uh, down in Texas, was a gangbanger, wanted to die, was praying for the Lord to kill him. They had an altar call. At the last ditch, he went up, gave his life to Christ. All of a sudden, the power of God and the fire of God hit him. He started watching videos online of Todd White healing people. He decided he, did, he didn't even think Todd White was right. 
He thought it was wrong. But what he said was, you know what? He's doing this. My wife's having pain. Let me pray like Todd prays. He prayed. His wife got instantly healed. He went to somebody else, cast a demon out of him. He's just born again. Yeah. He, healing people all the time, every day, free. Walking in the power of God. Is that just for pastors? No. It's for every believer. Yeah. It's time for the church to be free. Not scared. Not holding back. Not keeping quiet about, not, not about politics, about the things of Christ. Right. About the things of Christ. I just, you know, part of the whole reason Boomerang came about is because Nicole and I were sitting there, I was like, Lord, where are these churches? We were good to go and submit. And we didn't start the church out of rebellion. We started the church because the Lord told us to start Boomerang. But we didn't start it out of rebellion. That's the worst way to ever start a church. Well, I'm just frustrated with somebody else. Yeah, we were frustrated, but there was no way we were starting a church unless the Lord gave us a word. I remember we were praying the week before the church started. And I was fasting and praying. And I went up into the room, was fast and praying. The Lord spoke to me clearly and said, Boomerang Church will be a new direction for Albemarle. It will be. I had the word of the Lord saying what Boomerang would be. And truthfully, we've seen that come to pass. People think different in this town and city. Even ministers think different because we've been here. We've watched the testimonies over the year. It has truly come to pass. And really, it's still just beginning. It's going to be even more. It's changing a region in Jesus' name. It's changing the world because we decided to be obedient and be disciples. But I can remember thinking before the Lord even gave us a word, Lord, and I'm praying, Lord, I want to see some real stuff. Like I read about your power. I read about people being healed. Where is it? Not every now and then, every Sunday. Every Monday, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, where's the believers walking in this? Where's the preachers believing it? Where is this real stuff? This real freedom. Not just getting Holy Ghost goosebumps on Sunday. It's not designed for you just to be blessed on Sunday morning, but to walk carrying the blessing and the glory of God. God, you're so powerful. Where is it? Well, we went after him. We see it now. We see it. You go after him, you can see it too. You can walk in that. You can have that power of God shoot through your hands and heal and grow out limbs, heal diabetes, heal fibromyalgia, heal headaches. You can walk and see that stuff. The anointing of God is real. God is real. He's still freeing people today. It's who he is. That's his character. That's his makeup. And he has it for you. He says this. He said, if you believe in me, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You won't know the truth and it won't set you free if you don't continue in his word. So on Sunday we go, oh yes, amen, hallelujah, you know. But on Monday we're like, no, but that's mine and, and I got to protect what's mine. Well, you're not walking in the word. You're not going to walk in freedom. No, God protects what's yours. 
He's the protector. He's the defender. So I do things his way, just like we talked about last week. Forgiveness, the power of forgiveness to crack the shell and plant the seed of love in people's lives. Glory to God. No, see, we've got to do it his way. If you didn't hear last Sunday's message, you've got to hear that message. You've got to hear it. Verse 33, they answered him and said, We are Abraham's descendants, and we have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? This is like us saying, I've gone to church all my life. Uh, we are free. We're going to heaven. What are you saying you'll be free? Right, Jesus is saying there's something more. There's something greater. You'll do these things that I do and greater. You'll walk with the glory of God. You'll walk like me. You'll act like me. You'll talk like me. Matter of fact, everyone in this room, everyone that's hearing this online, every single one of us can walk like Jesus on this earth. We can carry the glory of the Father, the power of God Almighty, the healing salvation power, freedom given. Everyone that's hearing this can walk like that. Heal people on the streets in the name of Jesus. Everyone. Jesus answered them, verse 34, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son does remain forever. In other words, if you follow after sin, you're going to have, you're going to be, eventually that's going to run out. But when you follow after Jesus, you will be free forever. You'll walk in freedom forever. Now, I just want, I want to get this to you. The devil is trying to keep you bound forever. He's trying to get you to do it his way. He's trying to get you to go after the, the opposite sect. He's trying to get you to eat too much. He's trying to get you to do everything. He's trying to get you to lie. He's trying to get you to cheat. He's trying to get you to do things you shouldn't do, do illegal things. He's constantly trying to get you to sin so that you will be a slave and in bondage. But Jesus is saying, you come and follow me. And it looks like your flesh won't have fun for a little while, but I'm telling you, you'll be more blessed than you ever have. You won't have the hangovers. You won't have the letdown. You won't be thrown in jail because you, because you OD'd. Yeah. You, won't go to, you won't leave this earth early because of that. No, you go in me, you all of a sudden let the power of God hit you. All of a sudden, your life gets changed. You'll have a high like no other high. It, and there's no hangover to it. It's blessed. It's amazing. It's a freedom of Christ. It's a freedom of Christ. I watched as years for Will. No, I watched as years as, as Will came to church. Will came to church. Will came. That's about all that happened. Will came to church. Will came to church. Then all of a sudden, one day, I was praying, and I, and I touched him, and the power of God. Will had gotten to the place where he received the power of God. I remember he goes, woo, like this. I was like, that's not like Will. <laughs> like, that's different. The anointing was received. He sat under that word, and that anointing went to work, and it went to work, and freedom, the foundation of freedom was being laid. The foundation of freedom was being laid, being laid. The anointing was building up a foundation of freedom, and then all of a sudden, the Lord put the roof on it. Woo! And he had built him up into a house of God's freedom. Oh, it blesses me to this day. I love watching him get blessed because I remember when that wasn't it, he just watched for a long time. And then all of a sudden, he said, Lord, I receive. 
Now, he can sense the anointing better than most preachers can. That's not a joke. He can sense the flow of the anointing more than most preachers. Freedom. Freedom. He said this, so if the Son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. Is freedom a Jesus thing? Oh, you better believe it. That's why freedom in, in this country is important. That's why it's so very important. Then he goes on in verse 38. He says, freedom's not just of me. He said, but freedom is of my father. Freedom's of my father. Yesterday, I saw a headline that really bothered me and uh, really kind of made me really irritated and mad. It was MSNBC had a headline from one of their contributors that basically said this, America has an obsession with freedom. Now, just let that sit for a little while, and you'll get what's inside of it. America has an obsession with freedom. Yeah, it's the power of our country because it's the power of Christ. America does have, have an obsession with freedom because it's Jesus. Freedom is of Jesus. Freedom is of the Father. Freedom is of the Holy Ghost. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. There is freedom. Freedom is of God. There, there's a reason why one of the first things that a socialist and communist government bans Bibles. There's a reason. If you watch every bit of history and you go back and you watch them, as soon as they become communists and socialists, they'll ban Bibles very quickly. Do you know why? Because you can't read that word. You can't read this Bible and not come away with the thoughts of freedom. You can't read this Bible and not get freedom on the inside of you. You can't read this Bible and not get freedom in your head. And that's the last thing they want. They don't want people free. They don't want people with the spirit of freedom because that is anti-socialist and anti-communist. It's anti-dictatorship. They don't want people thinking free. But here's the thing about the Bible. It's more than just words on the page. It's alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. All the sudden, the spirit of freedom gets inside the people of God, and all of a sudden, they come with the power of the Holy Ghost, and they'll start releasing that spirit of liberty out on the people, and that, that socialist government can't stand. It won't be able to stand, because there's a spirit, the Holy Spirit of freedom that gets in the people. Amen. They can't afford a socialist and communist government can't afford for this word to be free under their regime. Because it's the spirit of freedom, the God of freedom, a savior of freedom. What's he saving us from? Bondage. It's who he is. The freedom of Christ. The Bible brings freedom. If someone gets in the Bible, freedom becomes who they are. Christ literally means the anointed one and his anointing that Isaiah 10 27 says the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. 
that's what Christ's name means. A freedom giver, a yoke breaker, a bondage breaker. That's what his name means. It's who he is. It's the freedom of Christ. And I'm telling you, in this country, we are so blessed to be free. And what, we're, what we have experienced for all of these years, for over 200 years, what we have experienced is not just the freedom of a government, but the freedom of Christ. The freedom of Christ. See, one of the things that I want you to see is, that, is this. We, many times we talk about the thorn in the flesh. You know, we talk about the thorn in the flesh. But here's what I want you to see. The devil's had a thorn in his flesh for over 200 years. And its name is America. Because America was built on freedom. America was built. And America got so blessed that it was able to send missionaries all over the world. And while the devil was talking all of these dictatorships into shutting down and running these socialist and communist governments, America was finding a way to get Bibles in there. America was finding a way to plant the gospel of freedom in that place. America was finding a way to be the light, to be the blessed nation on the earth because of God. Now you've got people right now that are trying to reverse that. They're trying to take it and turn us in actually if you go and look at the communist agenda in the 1960s, it's, it has fallen exactly their plan. They said they would take over America without ever firing a shot. And they would do it by starting to change the mindset of America. And there was a, a congressman that said, I want this entered into the Library of Congress. And he had all of the points laid out. If you go read those points... If you go read those points, you, it'll make you sick to your stomach to see how many of those we've checked off. What's the name of that list? Do you know? It, it might be the Communist Manifesto, but it's along the same lines. Is that it? You go, go research it. Go look it up. There's like, I don't know, 60 points or something to it. One of the things that they did, they start, they start trying to teach free thinking. You got to understand, it's not free thinking if it's not Jesus thinking. It's not free thinking if it's not Jesus thinking. That's a false freedom. What they're trying to do is, is teach a humanist, a secular humanist thinking that you can do whatever you want and you can go and you can sin and let's turn art, uh, let, let's turn pornography into art and call it art and it'll be protected instead of being called obscene. That was one of the things on there. Let's start teaching this and teaching this. You go down, it'll make you sick to your stomach how many of those have been checked off. The reason, why would that be occurring? Because America in its freedom and its ideals of freedom is not based just solely on America. It's based on the Word of God. The Word of God. America based on, Lord, we want to worship you. We want to serve you. We're, we're creating this country for you so that people can worship you. And when the founders of our country gave America to God, God said, I see what you've sown into me and let me bless it. That's how God works. And for over 200 years now that we celebrate today, over 200 years, America has been a thorn in the devil's side. This freedom. 
It has the foundations of freedom. It has the mind of freedom. The ideals of America is freedom for all, here and abroad. Let us get freedom across the whole earth. See, and this is what the devil wants to come against. See, one of the things that happened was if we can get capitalism into a place, in other words, we're utilizing financial systems, but what we're really doing is taking it to a place where freedom can abound. You, you know, they, China just took back over Hong Kong not too long ago. But before that happened, Hong Kong had become so wealthy. They were like shining and they had become so wealthy and freedom was coming into the minds of people. That's part of what you're seeing right now is they got to, they, when China took back over Hong Kong, they said, we got to clamp down on this ideal of freedom. We got to clamp down on it. We can't have this freedom because it will overthrow our power. It'll overthrow our dictatorship. We can't have that. But I want you to know this. Because a lot of people, they have this idea, and, and you can call it patriotism, but this is not real patriotism in this way. A lot of people have this idea that freedom starts at the government level. It doesn't start at the government level. It starts at the level of the Spirit through Christ. The government either upholds the spirit of liberty, or it doesn't. It doesn't start at the government level. A government decides, will we uphold it or not? But freedom, true freedom, starts through Christ and at the spirit level. So see, one of the things that we need to change is not necessarily change a government. We need to change the spirit level in the church. It's the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against, not a government. It's the church that is the pillar of truth in the land. And if we walk in that truth, we'll be free. It's the church where we've got to get freedom into us on the spirit level. God wants us free. See, even this morning as I'm preaching this message, what's happening inside of you is the ideals of the freedom of Christ is coming into you and you start to recognize, I'm not standing for freedom just so I can have my president in the office. I'm standing for freedom for Jesus. Jesus is in this freedom. God is in this freedom. Now, here's a wrong. Let me show you a ditch. You don't take this and then you run and become an activist at the government level. No, you take this and you become an activist for freedom in your own heart first and then you let that freedom empower you to go and be in an office where you can uphold godly things without blowing people away with your weirdness yeah. <laughs> right you let it change you at the heart. You see that that freedom is Christ. You see that that freedom is Jesus. And then in you, it starts to spread on a spiritual level, and then that can come into the governmental level. See, many people understand this freedom, but then they immediately go and try to become an activist. And what happens, that's just like somebody trying to go to church but not changing their life. I want to go to church. I want to serve Jesus, but I never want to worship him. I never want to give. I never want the Word of God to change me, but I'm checking the box by being there. If you don't allow this freedom to change you at the spirit level, then you go to government and try to change it. You're going to be warped and twisted because you approached it the wrong way. You're checking the box, but it's not working. We have to make sure 
that our freedom starts at the spirit level, not at the governmental level. It's rooted in the spirit of God, not rooted in laws. Real freedom doesn't start at the government level, but at the spirit level through Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. See, a lot of people will try to go to government and change it. But here's the thing, they'll never bring the Holy Spirit there. No, we can't have a gift of the Spirit operate in Congress because then we'll look weird and they don't understand. That's how, when God gives you a word of knowledge that that, that congressman is actually being blackmailed and, you, and then he gives you wisdom on how to help that person escape that blackmail trap so that they can actually vote for the people and not vote for themselves. Lord, let this thing be exposed. He gives you a word of wisdom for this whole treachery that's being covered up. Lord, let it be exposed. See, we've got to learn how to flow in the Holy Ghost so that we can have real power at a government level because it doesn't start at the government level and in logic, it starts within us, spirit-filled believers that can see through the garbage. I remember one time I'm talking to somebody and all of a sudden, right while they're talking to me, the Holy Ghost goes, they're lying. And I knew immediately that person was telling me an untruth. They were lying straight to my face, and I knew it. See, that's the kind of operation when we walk and talk by the Spirit and not by just a logic. That's the kind of leaders we need in government to keep the freedoms. To keep the freedom. But see, many people, they just try and come over here and be active, to be an activist. But they don't do it by the spirit of freedom. They don't do it by the Holy Ghost. And all they do is spin their wheels and check the box, but nothing's really happening. This has been a problem. Many of our politicians have been Christians in name only, but not when it comes to voting. They, listen, just because people say, well, I believe in Jesus, that doesn't mean they believe in Jesus. Just because they say, I go to church. We've had presidents who said, yeah, I'm a Christian. And they weren't. Yeah. They'll be known by their fruit. Yeah. They'll be known by their fruit. They'll be known by their fruit. Luke 4.18, Jesus speaking. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's about to talk about freedom. Where does freedom come from? By the flow of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the release to the captives, the freedom, the recovery of sight to the blind, freedom from that sickness, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Jesus carried the spirit of freedom. God is the spirit of freedom. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of freedom. And the reason why this country has been free is because the spirit of freedom was released in this country in 1776 when they made a declaration of our independence and of our freedom for the sake of God, to be able to worship him, to not be held under by the bondage of religion, but say, Lord, we have a right to worship you, to hear the call of your voice 
voice beckoning our hearts. We want to worship you. We want to serve you. We want to do things for you. We want to plant seeds for you. And all of a sudden, when they received that freedom enough, they declared it in 1776. And freedom of God was released across a nation. And this nation has been a thorn in the devil's side ever since. And that's what he's after now. He's trying to stop it. He's trying to quench it. But the issue is he squeezed it enough to where the real heart of freedom and the spirit of freedom starting to come out of people again. Right now, there's a freedom. And I'm not just talking about a country being free. He, he, he done gone and squeezed the church, the real church. He done gone and told them they couldn't praise and worship. And in Australia, he can't even see into a mic while they're recorded. He's done going and squeezed something. And on the inside of the church, the true church, the true disciples of God, some says, I can't do that. Hey, y'all, watch this. And all of a sudden, there's been a sifting where the freedom of Christ is rising up on the inside of people. There's something going on that's saying, no, I won't be held back. Matter of fact, since you don't want me to tell anybody about Jesus, hey, have you heard about Jesus? Have you heard about Jesus? Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you what he can do. Let me tell you about the freedom that he has. Let me show you how he can heal. Let me show you how he can erase your debt. He'll bring freedom in every area of your life. See, there's something that got squeezed out of us. Are you allowing yourself to be squeezed so that freedom comes out? Do you have freedom, the spirit of freedom on the inside of you enough that when you're squeezed... That's what comes out. If you don't, listen to this message about ten times on auto-repeat this week. That spiritual freedom then inspires men to set freedoms in place in all arenas of life. See, when the spirit of freedom starts to get into people, when the spirit of freedom, all of a sudden, you see countries that will say, no, we've got to declare our independence. We must declare our freedom. A few years later, they say, no, we can't have these slaves. We've got to set these slaves free, and we'll give our blood to see them free. See, when that spirit of freedom gets into people, then it'll get into the place where you start setting laws for that freedom. No, I can't stand to see my brother sitting on my brother sitting on the sidewalk, drunk in all of his booze and all of the poverty that the devil has afflicted him with. I've got to go tell him about Jesus. Release that spirit of freedom into him and who the Lord sets free is free indeed. I've got to tell him about God. I can't stand to see him there. I'm not just walking by him. I've got to tell him about Jesus. See, when that spirit of freedom gets inside of us, we can't stand to not be evangelistic. We can't stand to not walk in the power Power of God to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. We can't stand it. No, that's when you can tell that spirit of freedom's gotten inside of us. Because it's not just coming out of the preacher, it's coming out of every believer. Every believer. That spiritual freedom inspires men to set freedoms in place of all arenas of life. You see this in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of the Independence. That spirit of freedom, that spirit of Christ got inside of men. Yeah. Were they all perfect? No, they weren't all perfect. They were men. But they got something right. They wrote that Declaration of Independence, that Bill of Rights. 
the Constitution. And all the devils hated it ever since. Because it didn't just represent a country and a nation with red and white stripes and stars. No, it represented more than that. It represented the freedom of Christ. We're not just talking about a nation here that hangs in the balance. We're talking about the spirit of freedom of Christ. Understand that God wants you to have freedom, but it's not an untamed freedom. It's not a wild freedom. Galatians 5, 13 and 14 says, For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. See, the devil will take freedoms and twist it, and he'll take a freedom and say, oh, well, then I'm free. I, it's my body. It's my choice. I can choose to have an abortion. But see, the problem is it's not a freedom to the flesh. It's a freedom empowered by the Spirit of God. And the issue is you're not loving your neighbor, which at this point is that little baby that's on the inside of it, inside of you. So see, it's not a freedom to do whatever you want. It's a freedom to walk like Christ, to walk in his glory, to walk in his righteousness. You have been set free so that you can walk like him and therefore be anointed like him and therefore take that anointing and set other people free. Romans 6, 18, And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. In other words, when I got free from sin, don't let my freedom drive me to unrighteousness. Let my freedom drive me to righteousness, to the holiness of God. And we know that when you start walking like that, the anointing comes on you, starts healing people. 1 Peter 2.16, act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. See, this is one of the problems that led to where we are today. We took the freedom that God gave us in a nation and over 200 years we turned it into, I can go do what I want. I can go to the lake on Sunday. I don't have to go serve God. I don't have to get in his house. We took our freedom and said, well, I can, I can choose what I want. See, and that's exactly what the Bible tells us not to do. I'm not just talking about going to church. I'm talking about anything. See, we've taken our freedom and we've not given honor to whom honor is due. Why do you have this freedom? Who's the giver of that freedom? Who's the source of that freedom? The source is Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. It's our Father who loves us so much. And if I have freedom because of him, then let me use that freedom for him, not against him. Free, but not untamed. Free, but not wild. Now watch this. As we're going forward from this day, I'll go back to the first verse we went to, Galatians 5.1. It's meant to be an ongoing freedom. Not there for a while. Look at this. It says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm. Keep standing firm in that freedom. And do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. 
I'm telling you right now, the freedoms that are hanging in the balance of this country are hanging in the balance of destroying the darkness of the enemy or not. And although we're not just standing for the freedom of a country, wrapped inside the freedom of a country is the freedom, is the source, the freedom of Christ. And we've got to make sure that we stand for freedom and stand for those things. I don't care if you like what somebody says or not. You stand for the freedom of Christ that's wrapped up inside of it. You stand for that freedom. But remember, this doesn't start with the freedoms of a country at the governmental level. It starts with you. It starts with me. You can play some music. This freedom that you're called to live on a new level. Has anybody, anybody today while I've been ministering, you've realized I've got to live free at a different level than I have before. How about we just take the throttle off? How about we take the throttle off and let the freedom of God's anointing flow through you? How about we just take the throttle off and where just a little bit of anointing came out of us every now and then into our co-workers and into our family. How about we just remove, rip that throttle out of there and it's just a free flow of the, of the anointing of God to set people free. See, this freedom that I'm talking about, it's a whole country, it's a whole people, it's the whole church. But the country and the people and the church are nothing if each one of us individually doesn't handle freedom from Christ in our heart. So yeah, we're talking about a big group and a big thing, but we have to see how it's connected to each one of us individually. So when you, when you come up to the altar today to, to let freedom flow inside of you, maybe for the first time ever, maybe, maybe again, when you come up to the altar to, to let God bring freedom back to you. It's, yeah, the whole church might be up there, but it's not about that. It's about what are you deciding in your heart this morning. It starts with you today, today at this altar. Freedom from sin. Freedom from sickness. If you need healing in your body today, you can find freedom today at this altar. When you come up, you'll find freedom. You'll find the same healing. Freedom from poverty. Not just being poor, but thinking that you can never be rich in every area of life. Thinking small, thinking worldly. When Christ died for the freedom and the truth of, of God, the truth of his riches to flow into your life in every area of life, finances and everything else. It starts with you today. Freedom from past hurts. Freedom from every bondage. Freedom from fear. Freedom from small thinking. Freedom from being a nobody and truly becoming free in Christ. Then, as it starts with us, we take this freedom to our city, our state, our country, and to the world. But this morning, it starts with you. It starts with you. It starts with your heart. It starts with where you are. How many, you know, don't, don't raise your hand, but how many people are truly walking in the complete 
freedom that God has in his destiny for you. You're seeing everybody you pray for healed. Everything's happening through your hands. You're winning souls left and right. You're walking in every gift of the Spirit and every fruit of the Spirit every time that it's, you're pulled on. You're walking in all of it. I don't know anybody that's walking like that. So what that means is every single one of us have an opportunity to rise to a new level in the freedom of Christ this morning. The question is, are you? Will you? I just want, I just right now, I just want to, I want to give you a call. God's sitting here saying, you can be free today. And everything you want to see in your country, in the church, in the nation, throughout the world, your part is to let me have freedom in your heart. Will you let him have that freedom today? Lord, I want to be free from sin. I want to be part of your family. Let me, just, let me just do that right now. Lord, I want, to, I want to walk free from sin. I don't want to be held back anymore. Amen, I see that. I see that. I see that. Anybody else? Lord, I want to be a part of your family. I want to walk with you. You can bow your heads. Amen, I see that. Just raise your hand. If you want to be free completely for the rest of your days from sin. Lord, I want to be part of your family. Amen. I see that. Glory to God. I see those. I want to be free. Amen. I don't want to have bondage over my life. I felt so torn and bound. I just want to start inviting people up. If you want to be free in any area of life, I want you to come up to the altar. If you want to be free from sickness... If you want to be free from poverty, I'm tired of being held back by my financial situation. Christ paid. He was made poor that I might be rich. You want to be free in any area. You want to be free from fear. You want to be free. You want to walk in the spirit of freedom like you've never walked in it before. I, Lord, I need your help. I need your freedom. I need your wholeness. Lord, I need you. I need you, Lord. If that's you, come on up. And even after they've, even, even after everybody's up here, if you're sitting there and you're like, you know what, I need to get up there, just come on. Just come on. Don't let that fear of a bully devil who's trying to tell you not to do anything. Just get it inside of you. In the name of Jesus. Hey, y'all, watch this. I'm going up. Hey, y'all, watch this. I'm going up. Hey, y'all, watch this. I'm going up because I'm going to be free in Christ. It's going to happen to me today in Jesus' name. Oh, I'm not going to be held back. Lord, I hear your responsibility of freedom inside of me. And play, play some music that's more free. Freedom, play that. We're not, pray, yeah. Freedom, freedom. Pray, play something free. That's all sweet and everything, and there's a time for it. Now ain't it. There you go. I'm not going to be held back. I'm not going to be held back. But I feel that spirit of liberty rising up on the inside of me. And the devil's tried to hold me back all my life. He's tried to keep me in bondage to sin. He's tried to keep me in bondage to poverty. He's tried to keep me. But there's something inside of me that's got to get out to the world 
And that freedom, that spirit of freedom starts with me today. And I'm going to let the flow of the freedom of God, I'm going to let the flow of the spirit of God come through me. And I want you right now, every one of us, to pray. Turn it down just a little bit. Or it might just be the monitors I'm hearing, but either way. It starts with you today. It starts in your heart. I want you just to close your eyes, raise your hand where your power, where your help comes from. Just say this with me out loud with your mouth, no matter where you're at. If you're watching online, if you're, if you're sitting down or standing up, say this with me. Say, Jesus, today I receive your freedom. I receive the freedom of Christ. The spirit of freedom. Jesus, you're my Lord. You do, you tell me what to do, and I'll do it. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again by the spirit of freedom. And when he raised you up, that spirit of freedom didn't leave me dead. He raised me up to fullness of life from this day forward. Jesus, baptize me in the spirit of freedom, the Holy Spirit, and with fire to be a beacon of your freedom, of your light, and your love. In Jesus' name, amen.